It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. And you know what week it is? It's draft week. It's almost time for the 2020 NFL Draft. We've already had our Locked On NFL mock draft show. You can go take a listen to it at Locked On NFL. Uh, They're a great site. All of our great college listeners joined in on that one, so it was a show you could have missed. But now it's time to start placing players in their location. And the biggest question is, why are we bringing this up with A&M when we don't know if there will be an A&M player drafted in the first round? Well, there could be one. You know who I'm talking about. And today we're going to try and find his perfect home in the first round for Justin Matabike. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. My name is Cole Thompson. I am a mister. That simple. Don't wear it out. Tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you hate about the show. What I'm doing right. What I'm doing wrong. Things I need to improve on and things you just love already. So at Mr. Cole Thompson. Second, at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content. You can check out all of our great work found at LockedOnPodcast.com. So when we look at Justin Matabike, the only Aggie probably worth even mentioning in the first round conversation, it's nice to know that there are teams going to be needing a massive upgrade at defensive tackle. Entering his junior year, Matabike was able to lead the team in tackles for losses with 11.5 and sacks with 5.5. He then declared for the NFL draft following his final game against LSU where the A&M just got plummeled, I mean, but unfortunately, you know, for him, it was one of the better games of his career. In fact, his last two games, Georgia and LSU, were his best two games on tape, according to scouts I've spoken to. He ran a great 4-8-4-40 down at the combine. He measured in well, just above 300 pounds, uh, 6'3", has all the intangibles to play a 3-tech and a 5-tech, definitely can move inside if you need to. The biggest question that I have is, are you going to play him defensive end in a 3-4, or are you going to play him in a multi-purpose role uh, in a 3-4-3? In a it definitely would make sense to play him inside as that 3-tech, which could limit him to several roster spots alone. Still, when you look at Matabike and what he's able to bring to a table, and his speed, and his leadership, and his bull rushing ability... It merits the conversation of a fringe first-round prospect. So today, why don't we look at those fringe teams to where they could possibly start to consider bringing in Matabike. So we right now have our big-time list of the 2020 NFL Draft. We're going to have it pulled up. We're going to go through every single pick, and we're going to see where his roster kind of starts and where it kind of falls. We already know he's probably not going anywhere in the top 15. So Cincinnati, Washington, Detroit, New York... Miami, Los Angeles, Carolina, Arizona, Jacksonville, Cleveland, New York, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Denver, Atlanta, Dallas, Miami, Las Vegas, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, and Minnesota probably are out of the conversation. I think the first thing that you can look at, though, if they really want to go address their needs at the defensive line, the New England Patriots could make some sense. They lost a ton of players this past offseason, including Danny Shelton. Uh, Malcolm Brown Brown is gone. 
They lost last year um, Trey Flowers. And defense has been Bill Belichick's specialty. He's a defensive-minded coach who loves to attack the trenches, loves to fill up on that 4-2-5 style of play. I think in this system right here, you would have a guy like Matt BK come in, probably learn a little bit, be no more than a two-down two player a drive, rotational kind of guy, but he'd be able to go against some of the better running backs in the NFL. You already know that Le'Veon Bell is going to hope for a bounce-back year in 2020. Jordan Howard, down in Miami, signed a one-year $8 million deal. While he's not an elite running back, he certainly knows how to make people miss at the line of scrimmage. That was something that Matt Abike did fantastic at during his final year with the Aggies. And right now, Devin Singletary more than likely will be at least in the conversation for starting running back for Buffalo. If you need to go get a guy who can pressure the quarterback, can take on double team blocks, can find ways to work upfield and break through into the backfield and cause pressure on a quarterback. Matt Abike is one of the better bull rushing defensive tackles. He fits Belichick's mold. He certainly is a player to watch for uh, because of his speed as well as his domination with his hands. Again, remember we had Justin Mello on last week and we were talking about how he is just violent. And by violent, it's he's a humble, easygoing guy, but when that motor turns on, it doesn't stop. Bill Belichick loves to have players like this. Guys who can come in and put their hand in the dirt immediately and just bulldoze the crap out of your opponent. Offensive line, right now when you look at it, the Bills have one of the better offensive lines in the league. Uh, Miami is going to add an offensive tackle, but their guard situation still is a little rusty, and nobody really knows what the Jets are doing. So the saving grace for New England to fight for that AFC East title or a wild card spot would be because of their defensive line and their ability to pressure a quarterback. I do think a guy like Matt Abike, although it is a little early, could be in play and in consideration to be selected with the 23rd overall pick. If New England wants to win, they're going to have to address a lot of needs. They have needs at safety. This is a pretty deep safety class. They have needs at quarterback if they're not sold on one of the first-named guys to move up and grab, this would be a location to take them. Uh, I also think that they have needs at linebacker. The top three are going to more than likely be gone. At least the top two most certainly will. So defensive line comes to mind, and after you go through Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw, your number three is different than anyone else's other number three. I don't know how to be better describe it. All I can say is that Belichick loves these kind of out-of-the-blue picks, and Matt Abike certainly would fit that bill. So I do think that if he was to be selected in the first round early, New England would be the very first spot a team would consider. I just look at every other team who has needs. There's players who are, unfortunately, not saying Matabike is bad, but who are just a little more polished and tuned and ready for the NFL than the former 12th man, that it would be hard to garner anything else justifiable to take him here before 23. Where else could Justin Matabike land? He loves music. Could he land in the Music City? Or is the frozen tundra of Minneapolis calling his name? 
Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you like quality content by people who know exactly what they're talking about when it comes to your favorite sporting team? If so, why not download a Locked On Podcast today? We have over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL, and all the up-to-date news for your fantasy football team. So go ahead, wherever you need to go, Spotify, iTunes, or LockedOnPodcast.com, and start listening to a Locked On Podcast today. We're breaking down Justin Matabike today. The NFL draft just less than 48 hours away. There is a potential chance we will hear his name called somewhere on a Thursday night. So we have to start looking at where those potential destinations could be. So, we already mentioned that if he was to go in the first round, more than likely the first chance he would have would be with the New England Patriots. Let's see who's next. New Orleans Saints. It'd be a luxury pick, for my opinion. There's definitely a reason behind it, but... They're going to go ahead and try and see if Sheldon Rankins is their future. David Omatea is already filling up one of the spots. Minnesota, this is one I could see happening. Here's why. The Vikings now will have a total of two first-round picks because of the trade that they made with Buffalo to grab Stephon Diggs. So they get their first-rounder. And so now you look at what Minnesota has... In a deep, deep, deep wide receiver draft class, they'll have a pick at two in the first round, one in the second round, two in the third round, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a sixth, and three sevens. If they aren't sold on a cornerback or a wide receiver at pick 25, so say at 22, they do go and they address the need for a corner in Utah's Jalen Johnson or Clemson's A.J. Terrell. In a deep wide receiver class, you could find your Stephon Diggs replacement at that number 58 location, which means the number 25th pick, you could address either offensive tackle or defensive tackle needs, or double down to get a corner. But let's just say it was defensive tackle. Well, you're more than likely going to miss out on Javon Kinlaw. You're probably going to miss out on having Derek Brown. Marlon Davidson comes to mind as a pick, but at the same time, why not just take Matabike at that point? They're in about the same level. Jaleel Johnson is a great player, but now with Linval Joseph heading out west to Los Angeles, you're going to have to address the need in the trenches. And Matabike, a pass rusher, a guy who loves to work upfield and put pressure on a quarterback, a player who knows how to wreak havoc with his hands on an offensive line. He would be a great addition to the Frozen Tundra. And because they play indoors a majority of their games, they would only play for sure two games outdoors in the winter. And that would be with Green Bay and Chicago. Detroit's is is a dome and Minnesota's a dome. So him getting acclimated to the colder weather, I think would be fine because if he would play at least eight games at home, probably even more indoors. So I think that Minnesota, if they really, really wanted to wait to draft a wide receiver, maybe wait to draft a cornerback or an offensive tackle, D 
Defensive line is in play here. They need to find a replacement for Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph. If they go the Griffin path, Matabike does not make sense. If they go the Joseph path, he 100% does at pick number 25. We continue to move right along at the next group of picks. Miami comes in at 26. They're not going to take a defensive tackle. They took Christian Wilkins last year out of Clemson with the, with the 13th overall pick. He's been very good in a serviceable role. You want to see him be a little better last year, but year two will be a big year for them. If they do address defensive line, it would be to probably get an edge rusher, mainly because Charles Harris has not hit since joining the league, and they're going to need some help as a pass rush. Next is Seattle. I think Seattle should at least take a look at Matabike, especially if they do not know what's going to happen with Jadavian Clowney. For anyone who doesn't know, Clowney is looking for a deal worth up to $18 million on his regular season contract. And I don't know if the teams want to pay that price, especially for a run stopper. They moved him inside to play more of a three technique when he never should have been there. And he had career lows in sacks. And he was maybe second or third in run stopping percentages. So he's already was playing out of position in Seattle. Now he's looking for a new contract. A guy like Matabike, a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, in the sense of up the middle, a little bit more built for those interior linemen to block. He could have some success there. And I do think that he would be able to come in, not have to start right away, learn a little bit, and eventually become a rotational player that makes an impact on a defense that is slowly improving along with one of the league's best offenses. Seattle's known for trading out of this pick on a consistent level. So I do think that it's hard to say Seattle would definitely be in the market for a def defensive lineman right here because we don't even know if they're going to be there. The one thing we know is that they don't trade up. They trade back. So I wouldn't see him being them moving up for him, but if they stay at 27, they need a cornerback to pair with Shaquille Griffin. They need some safety help. I don't think Xavier McKinney out of Alabama is a good fit for them. They need some defensive line help as well. If they go defensive end, a guy like Penn State's Yuter Mosgratos makes a ton of sense, but if they go defensive tackle, I think Matabike should definitely be in consideration. There's two more teams that we need to discuss of where Matapique could land at the end of the first round, so we'll be breaking down which two teams would be using his services in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network, Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We're continuing right along with our coverage of the NFL Draft. Justin Matabike, where could he land when it comes to Thursday's draft night? We've already said the New England Patriots would make sense for the former 12th man, and the Minnesota Vikings and Seattle Seahawks both have needs in their trenches. But ultimately, I think these two teams are the two that more than likely would credit wanting to go get someone like Matabike. The first is the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee has been a defensive-minded team for years. In the last two, especially with Mike Vrabel leading the charge, they've drafted defense a ton. Adoree Jackson, Rashawn Evans, uh, Kevin Bayard. They've drafted a lot of their talent. 
and they continue to add defensive talent in free agency over the likes of offensive players. This is something that I see when you look at it on paper. It makes sense for multiple reasons. One, defensive team. Number two, he would be a plug-and-play player immediately. The team traded away Jarrell Casey to the Denver Broncos for a seventh-round pick to clear up cap space in order to pay both Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Casey and Matabike play very similar positions in a 3-4 style. A 3-I tech that would have him kind of on the outside. You would be able to still pair him well with Jeffrey Simmons, and then you'd be able to maybe add someone up the middle. He also can come play kind of a nose tackle position without being a straight nose. He plays on the in outside shoulder of a guard. Uh, inside shoulder of a guard, outside shoulder of a center, and he's able to work on that double team. That's a three eye. I definitely think I could see him make a lot of sense there. And also, they need to address the defensive line. If you're going to go ahead and spend a lot of money in free agency on players such as Ryan Tannehill, um, Derrick Henry, you're eventually going to have to sign Corey Davis. You're eventually going to have to sign Johnny Smith. You're going to have to extend Taylor Luan. You're going to have to extend more than likely Rashawn Evans. You have to address the positions that you can keep for four or five years and feel comfortable with them starting in that spot. For me, defensive line, you never can have too many defensive linemen on your roster. So that's, that's why personally I believe that this would be the ideal landing spot. And it's 29 overall. In the last three or four picks, they're kind of just guesses out of the water. It could be anywhere from a player slipping to a player rising up draft boards really late. A team could come in and trade up to grab their franchise star. Or you could just be looking at, okay, we need to grab a player right here. This is the highest name on our big board. Why don't we just take him and call it a day? I think all those play in Matipique's favor, and that's why I do think that if there was a team to draft him, it would be the Tennessee Titans. But if there was another team that would be in play, if they stay put, I do think the Kansas City Chiefs have some stability and reasoning to bring him in. The team has still not signed Chris Jones to a long-term extension, which could mean they franchise-tagged him in order to trade him during the draft. If that's the case, your best defensive tackle at this point is Kalen Saunders, who was a freshman at Western Missouri State because of he couldn't get into Mizzou. And then he came and he exploded at the NFL uh, Combine, the NFL Senior Bowl in 2019 with his triple backflips, all the pizzazz, all the jazz that he was able to do. You look at all that and you wonder, okay... Maybe, just maybe, if we trade away Jones and we add a guy like Matabike, we can justifiably say we were able to get a nice return for a player who we were not going to be able to keep. That happens every single day around the league. You see players get franchise tagged. Some will want bigger paydays. Eventually, they get traded. Sometimes they'll play under the tag and then they realize they're not going to come back that next year. So what Kansas City would be doing would be playing for the long-term goal, a team that has all their positions kind of in place, and they have to find money in their tight salary cap 
to pay Patrick Mahomes in two years the money that he deserves after what he's done in the first three years of his NFL career in order to keep him around. And in the long run, the more important player is Patrick Mahomes over Chris Jones. So if you draft Matt Abike with 32nd overall, you then could probably swing a trade with another team, maybe for a first-round pick next year. You have no idea what that team's going to be. You don't know if they're going to be a if they're going to be picking first overall or if they're going to be picking, you know, the Super Bowl 31st overall. Kansas City is probably going to be a playoff team. So you add all that together, to me it just makes sense that if you want to bring in Matt Abike to Kansas City, you have to realize that Chris Jones is not going to be a part of the team that much longer. Other than that, I don't see it going any other way. In my location of how I think from least likely to most likely of the five teams I've named that Matty BK will go to, five for me is New England. I don't think that they're just going to address that need at all in the first round. I don't think they're going to have a first round pick. Second for me, fourth place for me would be Seattle. Seattle loves to trade out of that first round as much as possible. Why would they want to stay there when they could probably go get him at, I don't know, say 37 before the Texans could get him at 40. So you could still get the same player you want, just at a later pick. Three for me would be Kansas City, because if I do think they are going to try and work out a deal with Jones, so they're going to go with your cornerback or they're going to trade back to get more picks. Two for me would be Minnesota, because Minnesota does have a need on the defensive line, and this is a very deep wide receiver class. And number one for me would be the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee makes the most sense. They have a need. He could start immediately. He could find a way to branch out and become the player that everyone expects him to be. He would definitely be considered overdrafted, but those are the types of players that really seem to break out. And Tennessee needs to address that three-eye tech that Gerald Casey is now leaving behind. Matabike would be a perfect fit. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Next show, we will be looking at the NFL draft and players who have been selected and where the other AM players could go due to those first round selections. So we'll see you Friday. Don't go anywhere. Make sure you're following us and all of our sister shows, including Locked on SCC, Locked on ACC, Locked on Big Ten, and Locked on Big 12. We'll see you Friday, and remember, you get me all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.